Town Hall Academy, episode 54. If nothing else, you should have some kind of a transitional call to action where you are getting a person's contact information, an email address, getting them to join a group or something like that. Because the more that you can own your web properties, the less that you have to depend on Facebook and what their next algorithm change might be. Welcome, automotive aftermarketers, to a Remarkable Results Radio Town Hall Academy. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Welcome, automotive aftermarket professionals, to the Town Hall Academy, episode 54. You know, social media is an important customer outreach. But as Facebook has changed their approach and algorithm in early 2018, this episode will help you rethink and refocus, specifically, your Facebook initiatives. Carm Capriato here, thanking Jasper Engines and Transmissions for the support of the Town Hall Academy. Now, here's another reason to choose Jasper. It's their commitment to continuous improvement. Their investment in research and development, product updates, and remanufacturing processes means Jasper provides the perfect product. Hey, joining me for the Academy is Carrie Lynn Roddenberg, Greg Buckley, and Brian Walker. Now, today's podcast has a sister video. If you want to see the discussion in action, yes, you can find it at remarkableresults.biz slash A054. There you can view the Academy as it unfolded. You'll also find extended bios on my guests and links to their previous episodes on the show notes page. Also, you'll find an important part of the Academy, a compilation of the key talking points. Yes, sirree, the cliff notes are already done for you. Hey, don't forget to download my listening app. Find the link at remarkableresults.biz slash app. This is a great way to listen as you're mobile on your smartphone or tablet. The app remembers where you left off so you won't miss one great idea. Now listen to Carrie Lynn Roddenberg, owner of Turnkey Marketing, Greg Buckley, CEO of Buckley's Personalized Driver Care in Wilmington, Delaware, and Brian Walker, founder and CEO of Five Stones, a marketing agency in Hammond, Louisiana. Many great ideas surface here about your social media efforts, as in all Town Hall Academies. Now, listen to learn just one new thing and then implement it. Ladies first, I'm going to give you the first one and then I'm going to sit back and let you guys just talk about this. Why did Facebook make all these changes? Yeah, great question, Carm. So Mark Zuckerberg, he wants people basically to be more happy. He wants people to enjoy Facebook more, right? So they did all this research and studies with universities and they said that seeing posts from brands, from companies and businesses we're making people less connected and less happy. So his goal is to make people more happy by making people see things that really are meaningful more. So I'm going to be happier when I hang out on Facebook. That's what, that's what their hope is. I mean, they said that people are going to be on it less. They're going to be seeing businesses less, which for all of us who have businesses is kind of sounds really scary. And a lot of people have freaked out, um, but it doesn't have to be scary. It will change things. So that's why sure. we're here. That's why we're here, Greg, right? We, we want to talk about how do we keep our businesses relevant in the, in the world of the new Facebook algorithm. Well, well I think what, what, what changes eyes and carries on point with a lot of things. Um, you know, when our feeds come through, there's, there's a lot of things that affect what we see in our streams. Um, you know, it could be a keyword, we, an advertising, uh, advertising that we clicked on, uh, keywords we typed in or, you know, what we searched for. So a lot of times when, you know, especially over the last uh, two years during the political season, um, a lot of things kind of went awry. You know, uh, Facebook was able to get uh, pretty much hacked in a sense, uh, a lot of political news, uh, fake news, um, and all of that came through. So what Zuck was, you know, from what I see is what Zuck's doing He's trying to clean everything up and make it more of a personal uh, contact uh, media area or environment that was its roots to begin with. And that's what a lot of people keyed in on. For a small business, uh, my strategy going forward will be to put more emphasis on the personal side Bring the business over. You know, I, I, I put it clearly. Look, I'm Greg Buckley, Buckley's Auto Care. Uh, Buckley's Auto Care is Greg Buckley. So you're not going to get away with it. If you're in your own community, 
you walk down the street, hey, there's Carm Capriato with remarkable results, and remarkable results is Carm Capriato. You won't get away with it. You know, same with Brian and, and same with Carrie, you know, and, and any small business. So why fight that tide? You are who you are, you are what it is, and it is you. So you can bring that over from your business to the personal. And as for the business page, I'm using it more as like a, a landing spot. Like I said, like the table is set. People want to bounce in and come down from the sky and look at me. Then I have what's there. I have the tech. I have the personality. I have what's happening in the shop. A little different dynamic. But, you know, actually, I think it's actually easier for a shop owner or small business to actually jump in and control both both pages or both angles. So I think you're, I do want to, I do want to bounce out. I'm sorry, Carrie Lynn. I do want to bounce out on that, that sense of community, but I wanted to ask Brian and, and Carrie Lynn, you would know this because you guys are in this for, as in a profession. Is this the, uh, the first time Facebook has decided to say, Hey, we're making some big changes, Brian. No, we, we heard almost the exact same thing back in 2016. There's a link I could post it in the chat. And if you read what they said, they were saying pretty much the exact same thing that they want uh, the, the feed to be more of your friends and family than they do to be just a, a barrage of you know, commercials for, for companies. Is this kind of like a reset then, do you think? I think we're seeing this time some things that didn't happen last time. Last time they said it and we didn't really see anything changing. Now we are seeing some things changing, not seeing anything major, but but we are definitely seeing some changes to the feed. So you're going to be seeing more people like this has been a kind of big deal right now is that you're seeing the same people kind of over and over the people that you engage with more. Um, you're going to be seeing less commercial messages, less like businesses. I mean, already it's hard to be seen on a business page, right? They say like 3% of people will see your post. 3% of your followers will see your post. So it's going to be even less. So that those changes are going to affect your posting. It's going to affect how you pay for your media. Like people are going to have to be paying for their posts more, sponsoring their posts. And it's kind of one of those things that we're just going to have to kind of buck up and do, um, whether we like it or not. I think there's a lot of humility involved with it because we learn things, we learn marketing techniques, we learn different things and we hold on to them, but we have to, we have to market like it's 2018. So things that worked in the past might not work anymore or really, really great posts, whether they're amazing or not, might not be seen or might not get the engagement. So whether we like it or not, whether it worked in the past or not, we're going to have to start playing by Facebook's rules a little more. And, and like you said, Brian, they've said stuff like this before, but we're starting to actually see it really take hold now. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't just scoff it up, scoff it off. I would um, start trying to make those changes. Yeah, one of the interesting things that that we have seen in the changes is actually people are spending less time yeah. on Facebook. The uh, I think it was, gosh, I wish I had the numbers in front of me, but the the number of hours cumulatively that have dropped as far as uh, Facebook usage, it's a tremendous amount of hours, you know, fifty million hours or something like that. But it only accounted to less than five percent of the overall hours that were being spent on on Facebook. But the, the thing that's going to happen with that is if people are spending less time on Facebook, then ultimately that means that there's going to be less space for the, uh, the business postings and for the ads. And I would love to believe that Facebook is doing this because they want us to be happier, that it's truly, you know, for our own good. But you know, call me a, a skeptic. I believe that they understand that it's really for Facebook's own good because the the more of these messaging of these messages that people see, and the more uh, just mind numbing scrolling that people do, that is proven to decrease a person's quality of life and their their mental health. The more people are going to eventually start getting away from spending time on Facebook. I hear it all the time, especially with uh, with some of the younger generation that they don't get on Facebook because of all the drama. They would much rather spend their time on Instagram. And 
now Facebook, of course, owns Instagram, but still they have to protect what they've built in Facebook. So when they're making a change like this, they're doing it for Facebook, not for us. Oh, so yeah. Are they doing it for the for the sheer revenue that if businesses, you know, you know, you, you had said something great. I want to look at your talking point. Uh, it, you, you said, hey, we figured out how to cheat the system and we'll continue trying to cheat the system. So this will continue to be a problem. You figure out workarounds as, you know, social media experts, you figure the workaround. Um but is this if a business has enjoyed their FaceTime with their customers through their postings? Basically, well, I think what Amazon or what Facebook is saying, you're going to have to pay if you want to play. I, th- I think that, yes, if you want to continue to boost your uh, exposure or you're going to have to boost it, you have to pay. It's a pay to play game. But in, in, in what I see is where Facebook can still be the winner is that, you know, they have Messenger. And I think we have a great utility in Messenger. And if you craft your page the right way with building a group through it, getting people to, you know, uh, work with you to be, you know, more of a one-to-one situation with it, I think you'll find a lot more success where I, or at least I'm, I'm counting on that way to, to move my shop as well. Um, It is, it is a big change, but it's not, uh, like uh, Carrie and Brian said, it, it, it's nothing really new. I think this time that they're actually just going to actually do it. And, you know, what did they lose? Two and a half million, two and a half billion dollars when they made the announcement in terms of market, market cap. Um, yeah. Like one day. Yeah. One day. I mean, it, it's, it's definitely a shock. Um, you know, it's a different way to play this, but again, I mean, my, my strategy, my theory is just be organic Take your videos, take take yourself and put yourself in front of their, in front of your brand and work it from the personal side. Like I said, you are who you are. It is what it is, um, you know, and, and work that way. I think it's a very comfortable situation. I'm not necessarily saying it beats the system, but I've put up posts. They have still have strong carry through through the streams and, you know, and the f- multiple shares, um, especially if it's an interesting fact. And that's where you know, your, your odd uh, or unusual content can be that one that carries you uh, a lot further, especially through social. So, you know, and then again, you still have to mix yourself up. You know, you've got your YouTube, if if you're strong in Twitter, and then you've got Instagram and Instagram is going to be really, uh, I I think a player and and I'm doing my best to develop a better strategy for, for, uh, for Instagram. So, you know. Yeah. And as far as like the, uh, you know, if you've been doing this organically, does it mean that that ride is over? Not necessarily. There, there's two different types of, you know, people that are using Facebook and a lot more types, but two, you know, that I would define as your typical small businesses. And then you've got your influencers, the people who are true influencers, they are very likely not going to have to pay to get the same kind of exposure that they used to get because they've truly built a tribe and those people engage with their content. And if you're able to put out content that gets the engagement, then Facebook is going to continue showing your content. It's the, the people who go on Facebook and they just post something because they know I need to post something today. And they never get any kind of engagement. They are going to have to pay to get their message out there. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that because it is very difficult for a small business to truly become an influencer without uh, their social media being a full-time job, um, you know, sometimes for multiple people. When Facebook made this announcement, for example, uh, Social Media Examiner, they did a live stream video talking about it. And they said that they typically get about 30,000 people that'll watch a live stream video. They got over 450,000 people that watched that live stream. And it was completely organic, uh, which, you know, all, all Facebook Live is, is organic right now. I'm with Ron Haugen of Westside Auto Pros. Hey, Ron, why purchase a Jasper engine for your customer's car? Uh, the, the main reason we use Jasper is is they're known for quality, and we're known for quality. They line up with my company and my, and my company's commitment to our customers uh, You know, as a product. They're committed to me. Hey, Ron, are customers investing in their vehicle today? Absolutely. You, you know, we, we see the surveys from, from AAA and, and, and all the different people out there where the average age of a car on the road is 11 years old. Some are even saying 12 now. Uh, when you think about that, for every new car sold, that means there's a 22-year-old car being driven on a daily basis. 
to me, that's amazing. Uh, the only way we get an average age of a vehicle on the road like that is because people are reinvesting in a car. And, and I think the reason they're reinvesting in a car is, is the cost of a car. I mean, cars are 30, 40, 50, 60 thousand dollars. You know, why not drop four, five, six, eight thousand dollars into repowering the vehicle and get it back on the road? Hey, Ron, thanks for your insights on Jasper. Thanks for asking. Question about uh, engagement. When you say you're going to continue to get, Facebook's going to continue to show your content, is it going to be because someone liked it, because someone shared it, or someone commented on it? Any ideas? Or all of the above? Yes, I would say all of the above. And, you know, the more engagement that you get and and natural engagement, not clickbait type engagement, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Facebook has come out and said that they do not want, you know, these, uh, these posts where you show an image where it's like, like for this or comment for, for, you know, this, or, you know, use the angry face for, you know, using the different reactions for whatever your answer would be. They don't want that clickbait type of stuff, but the, the true engagement where people are, are talking with you or with your brand uh, and, you know, asking questions and joining in on a, on a real discussion. Yeah. Comments are going to be more heavily weighed. Facebook said, and longer comments. So not just saying like, yes, no, this year, that year, actually creating kind of a conversation. So things that are longer will be shared more, will be seen more than even a, than a post that gets a lot of likes. I mean, of course, you know, they have their algorithm. So of course it's going to be something that's liked more often is going to be shown more than something that's not liked at all. Right. But if you get these longer comments, that's like, that's really, really important to them. So it kind of reminds me of uh, great questions. You ask open-ended or close-ended questions. And I guess you could write an, open, an open-ended comment in a post by trying to engage someone to reply to it without one single word, but something at length. And the longer the comment, the more organically it's going to continue to live in, in your stream. Yeah, I, I think I think we got to look at also. I mean, we can talk about clicks, likes, uh, and all that stuff, and all the posts. But you know, um, if we're really want to work it, uh, we got to bring. I mean, from a business standpoint, you're out marketing to bring people into your funnel to, you know, convert. And you know, when you convert, that's where you got to have the back end of Facebook. And this is why I mentioned before with with uh, Messenger and 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 the development of chatbots. And all of those things that can bring a customer in or a client in down into your funnel and actually into the service bay. Um, there's definitely strategy from getting them from your personal side, your, your personality, what you do, uh, and then bringing them over to the page, making you attractive enough for them to look at your page in order to ask a question to start them to bring them down into and at your counter. Um, you know, you, it, it's not an easy thing. But I, there's, I don't see there's anything stopping us. It's just a matter of where, and I have to say what I'm doing is just trying my best to be, you know, as personal, as natural as possible on the, on the personal side and allowing that to say, Hey, you know, that, that looks like a trustworthy guy. Let me go check out his business page. Well, the business page is set and I've got great content, technical, fun, staff members, whatever that case may be, enough for them to get a question in. And then they go to they go ask a question or go to the website. So again, you're trying to bring them in in everything that you know you do from the personal side down to the business and into the funnel. Um, you, you can pay that way, but I just don't think that as a small business person, you either got to do it yourself, like I said, be who you are, or have a heck of a staff, someone on your staff, that really knows how to play this game and, you know, do what they need to do to bring you clients. So question to the team, personal versus business posting. I have a business page. I have a personal feed. Uh, where should I be posting? You should be doing both. You know, so personally, it, you know, um, your profession, uh, I mean, it's uh, it's not it's not who you are, but it is what you do, and there's a lot of influence that you have personally. When whenever 
I recommend someone, you know, I'm out of the industry. Of course, I, I used to own my shop. Uh, but, you know, now the person who was my mentor when I first picked up a wrench, that is who I recommend people to. And I don't recommend people to go to Forbes Automotive. I recommend people to go see Shane. So, you know, when I do that, he's got some, some personal influence. Um, so, you know, I do feel that personally, you, now you don't want to go out there and make every post that you do about your professional life because your friends are just not going to be into that. But at the same time, to share what it is that you do and to share parts of your work life on your personal without it being promotional type stuff is a great way to let people know that, Hey, this is what I do. This is my profession. And, you know, I'm really good at it. Um, so, you know, you've got that personal side and then the business side, well, of course you're going to, you're going to do that. People expect that from a, from a business. And, but you got to be smarter about that, those business posts. If not, they're not going to get any legs. Right. Right. And, you know, one of the things that I would encourage people to do now is to, uh, you know, Greg, Greg was talking about the funnel. You know, people need to, they need to truly have a funnel. When they do something on social media, there should be a desired outcome from what it is that they're doing. At least they're promotional posts. Not everything's going to be promotional. Of course, you've got your culture, you know, type post and your conversational type post. But the promotional type stuff that you do, there should be a desired outcome. And if nothing else, you should have some kind of a transitional call to action where you are getting a person's contact information, an email address, getting yes. them to join a group or something like that. Because the more that you can own your web properties, the less that you have to depend on Facebook and what their next algorithm change might be. Yeah, absolutely. It should kind of be like an offline, online, offline sort of thing, right? So people hear of you, maybe they come to the shop that's off Facebook. They go, they connect with you on Facebook. It should take them back to you, but not necessarily dependent on Facebook. So like you said, Brian, you want to get that information. You want to give them things of value. You know, just asking them for their information, you have to exchange something. Like everything has a cost, right? So whether it's, I I don't mean like or um, monetary costs, but I don't want to just give everyone my information because they asked for it. You have to have a reason. So if you're giving real value to people, then they're way more likely to actually give you their information. And I think that we're going to see a bigger dependence on email as, um, as these changes play out because that's an, a direct inbox. You have control. And yes, not everyone opens all their emails. I don't open all my emails. You probably don't open all your emails. But I see... I see that name over and over and over. So there's that branding and I have the ability to click on it. It takes me less than a second to click on an email when I get it, when I need it. Will a prospect that you're trying to fill in your funnel uh, from a shop owner's perspective, give their email to a place they just don't hang out at or may is not even sure they'll go to? If they, if there's something valuable. And what would that be? Give me an idea, Brian or Carrie or Carrie Ling or Greg. What would that piece of value be that a shop owner could give? There are, you know, so many different things that you could do, like, you know, having a downloadable uh, checklist that somebody can use when they're going to, you know, purchase a used car. Uh, Just some things that they might look for or, um, you know, down to the basics of a a coupon or, Mm membership in a, uh, in a rewards program that your shop offers. Any of those types of things are going to, uh, to, to be a, a great way to get a email address and to, you know, expand upon what we were saying, you know, some of the most effective ways to get new clients right now would be of course, uh, doing Google ads or doing Facebook ads, but you have to pay for those and they're not getting cheaper. So when it comes to your email, you own that email list. Now, of course, you have to pay a subscription to something like Constant Contact or MailChimp or Infusionsoft or however complex you get with it, but you own that that email list and it is a true asset to your company. Yeah. Whereas, you know, Google ads and Facebook ads are not an asset. That's something where, you know, you're having to spend money every time that you're acquiring acquiring a, a new client. But we know, you know, from from experience that you know, just retention marketing is so much easier than acquisition marketing and so much effective. So getting more out of your current customer base, getting more out of your current tribe, then 
then trying to go out and acquire new clients is going to be a more effective way. And that's what you do with your owned you know, media assets. And not only just retention, it's looking at it similar to retention where you get a customer and then you follow up with them and you keep kind of showing them the love. We need to do that with leads. We need to be giving, like we said, we need to be giving something that's kind of top of funnel. It's easy for them to consume, easy for them to get, right? And then following up with people because 95% said, show that 95% of leads need to be touched seven times before they're willing to actually convert. So we have all these people coming to our Facebook pages, coming to our websites, and 99% of people, literally, that's a real statistic, 99% of people are not ready to buy when they visit your Facebook page or your website. So that's where we need to be capturing people and then having those touch points with them over and over and over, providing value following up with them before they're actually ready to become our customers and then continuing to show them love, continuing to follow up and build that trust and relationship. I love where this thing is going. I don't know where to go next. I've heard the words tribe, community, give value, own your email list. Uh, So many of us have posted uh, as shop owners on Facebook to put the picture of the cool car that we're working on. And that may not necessarily get enough legs in the new algorithm. So we've really got to rethink this, right? Yeah. And especially things like, uh, you know, posting that picture of the car, there's just not a lot of value to that content. What, what I like to tell people is to give away everything that you possibly can, especially in, in the industry that we're talking about right now, most people are not going to go fix their own car. They're just not going to do it. So rather than posting a picture of the car, I would shoot a video and I would show exactly what was wrong with it. I would talk about the symptoms that the car was having. I would show, you know, the part that, that was being replaced. I would talk about how you actually do it. And, and you know what, if you give so much value that the person can actually fix the car themselves, then great, because they're going to love you for it. And they're going to you know come back to you time and time again for the things that they can't do. But content marketing at its best is giving away the best information that you have and providing as much value as you possibly can. Well, a trailblazer in this in that realm would be Mr. Greg Buckley. Greg, you you trailblazed that for years. Well, yeah, we, we've done a lot with, uh, we started with YouTube before Facebook really started to mature. And, uh, you know, our YouTube channel, we have over well, 1.6 million views. And it's amazing, like 40,000 minutes of people who watch the channel and the videos are, you know, they're, uh, they explain what we're doing. They don't necessarily make a repair out of it. Although some of them, we, we get down into the, into the weeds on the, on a few of the topics. Um, but Brian's right. You know, we want to be able, and especially on Facebook now, you know, you want to keep a succinct, uh, topic or you know, make your videos succinct one to three minutes, maybe cut to the chase on a few things show them the highlights of it. I don't personally get into showing them how to fix the vehicle because one, I think I open myself up to a little bit of uh, liability if I say do it this way and, and, and it doesn't, and it's, they don't follow the rules. So I kind of like keep it uh, in a gray type situation, like, okay, we're doing this and this is how much, this is why it costs the way it, how much it does, how much it is. So like if we're doing a timing chain, we'll explain why we're doing the timing chain, what were the symptoms, what will be the results afterwards, and we'll show them details of you know, the cylinder head that may have had to be fixed or the timing belt, the water pump, complementary issues uh, when you're doing it. So we give them all kinds of information, but we won't go in sequence and say, okay, step one t- through, uh, through 20 on how to do a, uh, a timing belt or a timing chain. So that's how we limit ourselves. Um, those videos do get a lot of play. Uh, they get a lot of views. Uh, we do get calls. Uh, YouTube, YouTube actually probably provides more leads than Facebook does right now. And, and, and actually, YouTube, I know we're talking Facebook here, but YouTube is really starting to get its act together in terms of being more of a social media uh, community uh, with a lot of chatter underneath your videos, just similar to what Facebook's doing. But with YouTube, you have a benefit of having, you know, uh, Papa Google own everything. So, you know, there's, um, there's a lot of, uh, there, there's a lot of advantage there as well. So again, you, you're splitting time, you're splitting, uh, social media sites, 
and different ecosystems. And, and you got to be prepared for both. Uh, but the gist is, hey, man, get out there and do it. I, I mean, when I'm trying to coach, I, I try to tell people, look, if you don't get in front of this now, I mean, you're really got, will you close your doors? No, but you'll be at a disadvantage and you'll have to pay a, a lot of people to do this stuff for you. I don't think any of us could afford to have someone come in on our shop on a daily, weekly, or even a monthly basis, shoot a bunch of videos, put the production underneath of it, and come out with a reasonable cost. You know, so you grab your phone, you do a quick clip, you don't have to be in front of it, just highlight the content, you know, create a little story and and put it up and post it. Get used to this. This is you. This is this is marketing now and in the future. I, I love uh, what um, Brian said. He gave me this note. He says, Carm, live video is king. Run and gun. Low production, authentic. Man, Greg, so you true. just described that. And Brian, so t t tell me, hey, Carm, you don't have to have makeup. You don't have to be a Hollywood star. You just got to go out and tell a story. Yeah, that's it. People... They, they just, they crave authenticity. And, you know, when, when it comes to that high production value video, there's a place for that. You know, if you're going to have a video on the homepage of your website that is introducing people to who your company is, that should not be run and gun video done with a cell phone. That should be something that's been produced nicely. But the day-to-day -day kind of stuff that you're doing on social media, no one can afford to do that, um, you know, on a, on an ongoing basis. And they don't have the time to do, all of the production that goes into it. So, I mean, just like Greg said, and you pull out a cell phone and you just start talking, you know, you, you start showing people what it is that you're doing. You start showing them your, co your company culture, you start adding value to it. Um, you know, you, you might get into putting a, an intro or an outro on something like that, you know, which is going to be, you know, a very, very easy, quick thing to do before you, you know, throw it out there on your YouTube channel. But for Facebook, you know, even beyond creating a video to, to just put on Facebook, instead of doing that, go live with it. You know, when you're live, it doesn't get more authentic than that. And there is no production value in going live, you know, unless you're using like wirecast and multiple camera angles and all that stuff, which is very, you know, untypical for a small business. Your message is raw, right, Carrie? I mean, basically what he's saying is it's acceptable today to, to be normal and who you are and what kind of content so so someone's listening to this for the first time they've been you know on the edge should i or shouldn't i do it give us a recommendation of someone taking their phone up and doing a facebook live what, what would they want to talk about is it okay to talk about the business a vehicle or just how i'm doing how i'm feeling today how how i'm enjoying my customers is is it good to be personal yeah. Okay. So it's so good to be personal. I think that there's a few different things. Like we were saying, everything needs to have value to your customer. So we can't get stuck behind the curse of knowledge, right? Like we know about vehicles. And so we might think this is really, really cool to show someone this super like unique thing. But if 75% of the people who come to your shop are women and their moms, and they have no time and no clue about cars. Like they're coming to you not because they love cars and they're experts in it. They're coming because they need to get, they need to use their car and you're the expert. So you need to like really, really think about what they're thinking about. And that's where the value is going to be. Don't get stuck behind what you want to communicate. Always stay close to your customers. I have it. I have it. You're just holding up a soccer ball, right? <laughs> Well, maybe not, but maybe you're taking a video of, you know, like Brian was saying, Hey, if you need to change your windshield wipers, here's how, you know, and, and the truth is the most, the majority of people aren't going to actually change their windshield wipers. Or maybe, or maybe here's why. Or here's why. That's yeah. or, answer the why, answer the why. The why, but also like you have to answer their like real questions going on in their mind. So maybe one thing is, you know, this isn't about fixing cars, but here's how to put in a, um, like a baby seat, you know, um, a carrier. I don't have kids. So like a carrier, you know, definitely child care seats. I mean, child car seats. Absolutely. Yeah. Well. So like thinking about that, like going outside of your expertise and thinking about what do these people, what are they caring about? 
and marry that with what kind of area am I an expert in and how can I bring value to people? I love it. Let me offer a suggestion to everyone who's listening, who's never done Facebook Live. Here's what you do. You blame it on your wife. And here's my reason, okay? okay. You, know the, you know the rear wiper arm that, you know, on many SUVs? You know, she, she says, honey, the wiper doesn't work. There's no juice in it. And of course, a shop owner is like a shoemaker, doesn't repair his own car, doesn't repair their own shoes, right? So that's the very simple the very simple video is to get in the car, see that you can't see out of the back seat, see that the wiper doesn't work, and tell that story of, yeah, the wife finally got me to fix my own car. And, you know, you got to be able to see out the back. You got a rearview mirror for a reason, and that's why there's a blade back there. I mean, there's the simple first ever, you know, Facebook live video for anyone who's never done it. It's a great story. It's a good why. Carm, that's a really, really good idea because, and this is what I think Greg does a lot of, is document, don't create, right? Document things that you're doing instead of sitting down thinking like, oh goodness, what, what do I have to write? Because I know that's a, huge, that's a huge problem, right? People just don't know what to post on Facebook. They don't know the video to talk about. But document things that are going on. Hey, this is happening in my vehicle. Hey, this is happening in someone else's vehicle. Here's why it's dangerous. Here's how you can easily, you know, fix it. Come in. It takes 10 minutes or we can pick up your vehicle. It's not going to be a big deal. Document, don't create, and you're going to get stuck a lot less. It's kind of like a, you're right, Carrie. It's like my, my habit is more like a vlog uh, than anything. And and we've done, we've done things from, you know, wiper blades, actually cleaning your wiper blades was the very first video that I've done. And it's so terrible that I keep it's, it. I still keep it up on YouTube just to go back and say, wow, I was pretty bad. <laughs> but you know, you learn from it, but we've done uh, some of the experience I had renting a car when I rented a car was last year or so to go to Boston. Um, it was such a crazy experience and not a good one. Um, but I was really horrified at the condition of the vehicle that was given to me to take on this trip. And I came back, I go, holy smokes. So I documented it. What did, what did, what took place? Well, it really went viral. Um, and to the point where uh, the rental car company uh, got in contact with me and said, you know what, Mr. Buckley, we really apologize. They found it through, through Twitter. Um, and I was comped the whole trip. You know, I, I didn't have to pay a thing for it because of the condition of the vehicle. Um, that is... That's what you do. You but your intention just, wasn't that. Your intention was, was hey, to educate. It, it, yeah. Let people know that, look, before you rent a car, do a walk around. Do two walk arounds. Look at the tires. Just turn the wheel. I said, turn the wheel to the left, turn the wheel to the right. Remember, it's your safety. And I explained that because of the history of rental car agencies, they don't have a great history of maintaining their vehicles the way that you, we would do our personal ones. You know, they do slack a little bit on some of the things that are required. Um, and so I highlighted these areas and we got down to the fact where you could see the brake rotors and the scarring that was going on in there. You could see the the belt shift on the tire, uh, just little things that, you know, they could relate to. I mean, you only got about five subjects, tires, brakes, batteries, antifreeze, and maybe wiper blades that a person would, you know, a lay person would completely understand and get it. And you go, oh my gosh. So I highlighted those and and that's why it, it grabbed. I got commentary after that. And you know, the, the viral activity was right there. So don't underestimate the value of getting your clients on video because um, you know, like when it's our job as business owners to create raving fans out of our clients. And you know, in my business, this was 2006, 2008 is when, when we, we went closed our business, but in 2006, you know, we were, uh, our motto was that we're the triangle's most female friendly shop. You know, this was, this was back in the days, right. When ask Patty was getting started and, um, and that didn't come up as something that we branded ourselves. It was something that our clients started telling us is that, you know, I love coming here because as a, as a woman, I feel like I'm, you know, coming to a clean place and being treated right. You know, I'm not being spoken down to. And we, uh, you know, our, our uh, waiting area was like a living room. We had a massage chair. We would give a small glass of wine to someone while they were, while yes. they were waiting. You know, so things like this that just made absolute raving fans out of our clients and 
we Facebook was just, you know, a couple years old at this point. We were barely using it personally then, but golly, what I would give to to have my auto repair shop with the social media, you know, that we have today to be able to do some of these things with. But, you know, get your clients on video, get your clients on video live, you know, talking about why they love you so much. Because it's one thing for us to tell people how great, you know, we are. But it's a completely different thing for your clients to tell people how great you are. Is, is to continue what Brian was saying. Um, and, and I go back to the other functions of what Facebook will allow us to do. I mean, I've had episodes where I've done live video one-to-one with a client over their vehicle. So it's like a, a video text message. And we do that routinely through you know, other, other apps, iMessage being our, our most well-used one. But with Messenger, uh, that utility portion of it is available. And, I, and I, I hate to go back to it, but I think as a value, you know, we need to look at Facebook as, a complete, as an ecosystem and a platform with various ways to attract and retain our clients from, you know, the, the, the acquisition pieces where we're personalizing our, our business uh, through a page and also our personal side to the utility side where we're actually communicating and we're doing business through there. So, I mean, there's a lot that's growing through Facebook um, uh, and, and we talk about their changes. I don't think they're necessarily bad. I actually think they're pretty good. But again, uh, we really should, and, and I do preach this, is we need to learn the ecosystem of all these platforms. You know, Facebook, um, iOS, uh, you've got Google, those three big ones right there. Uh, that's how you're, at least in my opinion, that's how we're going to be able to uh, take it full advantage of what's there. And, and what they do with the information that we run through those platforms, that's where we have to decide, okay, well, what's our privacy uh, issues and, and and what's our protocols on you know how we do communicate and stuff like that. So you know a little different, but when you talk Facebook, I don't think we can just say it's it's a hey, put videos up, put pictures up, let's have a chat, let's do all that. I mean, where they're working, there's got to be some other way to monetize it for us as business owners. I believe the back end is where it's at. Here's my takeaway. Must make vlogs, Greg. You said that the vlogs, an important part of your marketing efforts. Don't shy away from it. Insert it into what you do. Look for the opportunities to flip up that phone and go live or, or record a video. And, um, and I believe it happens every 15 minutes in a shop today. You'll find an opportunity to get something out. Let me, let me ask a question of both Brian and Carrie Lynn, uh, you were talking earlier about email and owning your own organic list, your tribe. How important is really good f- web presence if you're if you're trying to bring people to it? Does your does your website have to do something better or different than it does today? I think that your web presence is is kind of like the facade of your of your building. You know, if somebody doesn't want to bring their vehicle to be serviced at a place that looks like a junkyard. Um, you know, so if your, if your website looks out of date, then there's a good chance your scan tools are out of date. You know, if your, um, if your website doesn't, you know, speak nicely to the client, there's a good chance that your service writer is not going to speak nicely to the client. So I think that the, your, your website is, well, number one, it's the hub of everything that you do online and it needs to be a good representation of who you are. So as your business changes, your website needs to change. Uh, when you are you know, telling the, the story, which you should not be telling the story of your business, you should be telling the story of your client you know, yes. on, your, on your website. So it is, it's very, very important in, uh, in my mind. And you know, as, I, as I look at what we do for our clients, when we develop leads for our clients, that is typically, you know, ending up on their website or on a landing page of their website somehow. So, you know, that is often the second impression that they're getting, you know, right behind the ad that, that we're creating for them. Yeah, I think your website has, you know, multiple functions, obviously. Um, there's two things that I think are super, super important that lots of small businesses in every industry really miss that I think would have a huge, huge change if we implemented. One is that it has to kind of pass the grunt test. So, you know, what is it? Geico, it's like so easy. A caveman can do it. 
right? So your, your website has to kind of pass that test. Like so easy, a caveman can understand what you do, right? So if you confuse, you lose. If you confuse your customers, you're going to lose. We only have so much capacity up here, right? So don't confuse people. Tell them we are auto repair for this area. And we, you know, show them trust. Talk about that one thing that makes you unique, right? So make it clear what you do, what the benefit of going with you is, okay? And this, the second thing that I think is really, really important that people are losing, we kind of touched on it earlier, is capture those leads. Capture them. Like I said, 99% of traffic to your website is not ready to buy. So you're paying for your website, you're getting people there, you're paying for SEO, and then then you don't have you you might not remarket them you might lose them you might not have those touch points so capture the infor- the information of those people who are on your website i think that is vitally vitally important and a huge huge opportunity for our industry for those in our industry i think you knocked it out of the ballpark here i think this went to places we didn't expect i would like to go around the room and ask and ask you all to offer up a, a final thought to our wonderful automotive aftermarket um, audience. Here's my final thought, and I have one. It's very, it's very easy. This may be, thank you, Mark Zuckerberg. This could be a very healthy opportunity for us to stop going our chaotic click, click, bait, post, and whatever, and, 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 and to dig down deep inside and think, I love the word organic, get involved, build a community, build a tribe. Um, it's all about our customer. And, and, and if all of that starts happening, we'll absolutely fall into play with what Mark Zuckerberg wants, I think. So that's my takeaway from this summary. Let me start. Ladies first, Carrie Lynn. I would say that let reality be your friend. If you see that, you know, these, these changes are really having an effect on your business, make changes with it, right? If you're not getting people to convert as much, make changes, iterate, try new things. If, you know, something's working, keep going with it. If it's not working, make a pivot. And the other really, really important thing that I'm super, super, you know, jazzed about is know your customers, know them well, talk to them how they want to be talked to, talk to them about what matters to them. And that is how you'll get their attention. Um, and you'll get kind of a foot in and then continue to nurture those people, those customers, those leads that you have, nurture them, build, build trust and give them value, real value based on what they care about. Wow. I loved that. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, you're welcome. Brian, I'll let you go next. Okay. I'm going to sneak in two things here. All right. Number one, get out your wallet. Just pay Facebook. You can do some really amazing things with ads and with promoted posts. And the fact is, is that most small businesses are not going to have that engaged tribe that we talked about engaged to the point where they're going to get the kind of response that they used to get from Facebook four or five years ago. It's just not going to happen. But if you get out your wallet and you pay the man, you learn how to target people, you learn how to create ads that speak to people, then you will have tremendous success. And that's going to lead me into the next thing, which I think from hearing Carolyn talk, she's going to, she's going to know where I'm going with this, but there's a book that everyone should read called building a story brand. And yeah, Donald Miller. <laughs> it, it is all about uh, making your client the hero of the story. And, you know, you should, you should not be presenting yourself as the hero of the story. You should be presenting yourself as the guide, making your client the hero. And, you know, speak to them and show them how they can have massive success while you walk beside them. I love it, Brian. Excellent. And before I give Greg the final comments, I, I um, one of the notes that I, that I took, you know, I, I learned so much from these. I, I'm, I'm a note fiend note taker. And one of the things I wrote down was um, get out in front of your brand. And we, I think we talked about that, but I think that's an important piece. And if there's anyone that I know that does that better than anyone that I know, it would be our last commenter. Mr. Buckley, you're 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 the you're this you're you're out in front of your brand, man. We we could all take a lesson from you. I start off with E A G L E S Eagles. <laughs> no, <I> just <laughs> all right. Wow, you're going to start walking normal. You'll start walking normal now. Now you got that out of your system. You know, 
I, I think yeah, it is important to get in front of your brand. And, um, you know, both Brian and Carrie had some great stuff to talk about um, on what to do with Facebook. Yes, you, know, you can get, like I said, get out your wallet. You can pay to play. Um, there are advantages to it. You can learn to be uh, learn to use it organically and and be and do well with it. Um, my biggest suggestion is is to really learn the whole platform. Um, if it's the only social media outlet that you want to be in, learn it and really use it. I think it is an advantage um, for uh, small businesses um, to gain clients, to retain clients. I'm excited for what it can be and what it, it probably where it's going to go. Uh, but again, you have to take the time to learn how to use and extract its value, um, whether you pay for it or you don't. Either way, you need to do it. Um, take 15 minutes a day, take a half an hour a day and just play. You know, one of the things that I did early was I created a few pages and just made it my sandbox just to see what reactions would be, just to see how it would go. Would it track, you know, just to do some oddball things. It doesn't hurt. No one had to, you know, I didn't have to ask anybody to belong to it. All I did was just practice and no one knew a thing. It's secret. So if you're, uh, if you're not comfortable showing yourself on camera, it's a great way to see how to practice. And that's what a lot of people won't even do. They won't even take the time to practice. I highly recommend grab your phone, grab a video, do something, just do something. So, okay. Well, thank you. Carrie Lynn Roddenberg, owner of Turnkey Marketing. Appreciate you being here. Greg Buckley, CEO, Buckley's Personalized Driver Care, Wilmington, Delaware, and, oh, God, an Eagles fan. <laughs> and I'm, I'm happy for you, man. I really am. And Brian Walker. Thank you. Thank you. Brian Walker, the founder and CEO of Five Stones, a marketing agency out of Hammond, Louisiana. Hey, thanks for being here, you guys. Hey, Just thanks, Colin. Appreciate it. It was you. great. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.